Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. How many of you, who in here can, can uh, quote Mark 11, 23, and 24? Not verbatim, just just generally. What what does Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four say? Mm. Wrong Mark. No, don't look it up yet. I I got a reason for what I'm doing. All right, just hold on. So uh, nobody in here can can even come close to quoting Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Well, I'm glad because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on it tonight, but I, I was hoping that you might be familiar with it. Uh, the reason I ask you that uh, is I want us to read it. We'll read it. Go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Mark 11, 23 and 24. I, was, I just knew... Uh, at least three quarters of the of the group tonight would jump up and start spitting it out. So uh, when that didn't happen, uh, you couldn't see what was going on in my mind, but I was having to drop back and punt on that illustration. So I had to figure out a way. Uh, <laughs> oh, y'all just need to study. Y'all messing up my illustrations, okay? Mark 11. 23 and 24. And AC, you was close. It's, it's, got, it's got something to do with asking. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, let's look at it. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 23 and 24, Jesus said this, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, what I was going to ask had, had you... Uh, been able to tell me what uh, verses 23 and 24 said, I was going to ask you what uh, verse 21, I'm sorry, verse 22 said. Because a lot of times we hear Mark 11, 23, and 24 quoted, but we don't, we very seldom hear the verse preceding that which is verse 22, where Jesus said, answering said to them, have faith in God. Now, Sunday morning we talked a little bit about, uh, about prayer. We talked about how prayer is engaging the enemy. Remember we talked about putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to stand. Having done all, to stand, stand there for Therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth and putting on the armor of God. How many of you this week have been intentional about putting on the armor of God? If you haven't, don't say anything. But if you have, you can shake your head, whatever. Uh, but, but we talked about the, the part in that where Paul said, Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. We talked about that taken to you means that I have to intentionally take the armor of God and put it on. God is not going to, to put the armor on me. The armor is, is my responsibility to armor up. It's my responsibility to suit up. Uh, and so it, it would be like, you know, if, if, if somebody was going to go uh, which they probably wouldn't do it, but somebody, if they were going to go to a Saints game maybe this weekend or something, and, and uh, 
and the 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 whole Saints team come running out on the field with without uh without a helmet and shoulder pads on. They didn't suit up for the game, so therefore the game is gonna be miserable. And if if you don't suit up for the game, if you don't suit up to fight in a battle, you're gonna find yourself on the losing end. So we have to be intentional about suiting up and, and putting on the armor of God, all right? That's something we have to do. And so we talked about that uh, Sunday. So what I want to do tonight is, is I want to kind of uh, take a step further about prayer. Because if you remember right, and I'm going to turn to Ephesians because I, I want to make sure that we get this uh, right. But in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, after Paul was, was talking about the whole armor of God and, and putting it on and, and all that, in uh, verse uh, 16, he said, above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. So what does that mean? That means it doesn't matter what kind of armor you put on, if your faith is not confident in the one that produced that armor, if you're not confident in the armor that you are wearing, then your armor will do you no good. Faith is, is that, that, uh, that gives us the victory as we wear the armor. So uh, Paul said, above all, above all, above everything else that you've done, take the shield of faith. Why do we take the shield of faith? Because it's with the shield of faith that we quench not just some, but all the fiery darts of the wicked. And, and then in the verse 17, he said, talked about the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, so just remember what Paul said there uh, about taking the shield of faith uh, wherewith you can, uh, whereby you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, we go back to uh, Mark 11 and verse 22, when Jesus said, have faith in God, have faith in God. And then he said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Uh, now, I want you to understand something about the, these verses because I, I've heard uh, 23 and 24 quoted much. I've quoted it a lot, and I still quote it a lot. And, and no doubt you have quoted it a lot. But listen, if you, if you quote verse 23 and 24 and miss the message of verse 22, then verse 23 and 24 is not going to do you any good. All right? Because that's the reason that Jesus said, have faith in God, and then here's how you, what you need to say as a result of your faith in God. These verses, uh, verses 23 and 24, are not some kind of uh, formula that we, we can use in order uh, to get something from God. I mean, you know, and, and uh, we, we, we see that a lot. We hear it a lot. People will quote the word of God. But if you're not walking according to the word of God and obedience, uh, then it does you no good to quote the word of God. But these words are, 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 when, are only effective when they're spoken out of a reservoir of biblical faith, all right? Because it's faith that causes these words to, to come alive. And so that's what I wanna kinda talk, uh, talk to us just a little bit about tonight. And the next thing that I want you to see 
is that these words were spoken by Jesus in, in the context of prayer, all right? Now, you can speak, and, and, and I don't want to uh, get into this thing of splitting hairs tonight, but these verses were spoken by Jesus, and they were spoken within the context of when you pray. Notice what Jesus said uh, in verse 24. He said, Whatsoever, what things soever you desire, when you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, so that lets me know that these verses are, are to be used by me in the context of prayer. That doesn't mean I can't, I don't speak them outside when I'm not, say, on my knees praying. And it doesn't mean that they're not effective spoken anywhere else. But I'm just, I'm, I'm making a point here. We're in a fast. We're praying for God to break down barriers. We're praying for God to move mountains because more than likely, 99% of us in here tonight, you've got some mountains that are standing in your way. You've got some chunks of dirt that's standing before you and you're praying, God, move these mountains. All right? So that's the reason I'm talking about these verses tonight because in the middle of your fasting, uh, and, and we talked about this week being the middle of the fast, that it was important uh, because I don't know about you, but when I start a fast, and, and, I, and I probably do it differently than, than you, but when I start a fast for the first uh, three days at least, uh, I'm, I'm not really worth knocking in the head, all right? My mind ain't thinking right. I, I can't see straight. I, I'm just, you know, uh, because, you know, it just takes your body a while to adjust, especially when you are uh, fasting uh, food or, 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 or sugar or something like that, and you totally cut it out. I actually started uh, uh, the last week of December uh, kind of conditioning myself, and so it's been a blessing this time because I haven't gone through uh, the, the DTs or, or the withdrawals from, from sugar and pecan pie and coconut cake and all that. So, uh, yes. So, uh, but it, it does seem like everywhere I've gone for the past uh, couple of weeks, they've had fried chicken. And uh, so, but anyway, I don't know where all that came from. But, uh, but in that it takes you a while to adjust. And so this second week, uh, you know, you, you're probably getting kind of leveled out. You're probably getting kind of settled down some now, and you're not battling and you're not fighting and you're not moaning and groaning and crying and all that as bad as you were last week. So you can begin to focus on prayer. You can begin to focus on the warfare uh, that God wants you to fight in the middle of your fast. And so that's the reason that I wanted to talk about these verses tonight is because I know uh, that, that you've got mountains, we've got mountains that we want to see moved. And so uh, when, when Jesus said that uh, whatsoever uh, you desire when you pray, what was he talking about? That word prayer means to speak out, to utter aloud to God with purpose and intention, all right? So uh, that's what prayer is. Now, I want to throw these two things in there. How many of you know what monologue is? When it comes to a conversation, what is a, a, a conversation that would be labeled as monologue? A monologue conversation is the kind of conversation my daddy used to have with me when I did something wrong. I'm going to talk, you listen. All right? And when I get through talking, I don't want to hear anything you got to say. I'm going to do all the talking. That's a monologue uh, conversation. All right? So many times we pray in monologue 
form. We pray, we talk, we spill it all out. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm believing for. And as soon as we get through praying, we pack our bags up and we head out. God's left standing there saying, I heard what you said, but I really need to say something back, but you didn't give me time to say it. What God is looking for and what you and I need in our prayer life is a dialogue. That is a conversation that takes place where it says, God, I'm gonna pray or I'm gonna ask and you listen, but when I get through praying and you listening, I'm gonna listen and you speak, all right? In other words, it's a two-way conversation. God not only wants to hear what we've got to say, but God wants to say something to us. God wants to speak to us. So, uh, with these verses being used in the context of prayer, when Jesus said in verse 22, have faith in God, have faith in God before you speak to the mountain. Don't try to build your faith up when you're talking to the mountain. If you try to build your faith up or try to get a little bit better faith when you're standing in front of the mountain, you might need to go back home and, and uh, do some praying and then come back and speak to the mountain. Because what Jesus was saying when he said have faith in God, he was simply saying you need to be persuaded you need to be persuaded that God will hear what you're saying. You need to have a conviction. You need to be convicted in your heart of the word of God, of the truth of the word of God, and have that confidence when you stand before a mountain that the words that are coming out of your mouth are the words of God, all right? They're not my words. They're the words of God of God. If you go to Romans chapter 4 and verse 3, it says this, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, listen. Was Abraham considered righteous because God said that he was righteous? All right, well, let's, let's think about that. God, God considered Abraham righteous. So, so what you're saying is that God, even though God considered him righteous, that didn't make necessarily Abraham righteous. Is that right? You're right. What made what made or what put the, the pudding on the cake for Abraham? He believed God. He believed God. Now the reason I wanted to say that is this. That, that God's word is powerful and God can believe a lot of things about you and I. And God can say a lot of things and he has said a lot of things about us in the word of God. But it, it only becomes factual in my life when I believe what God has said about me. All right? God said, Cornelius, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Cornelius, if you have faith in God. You can speak to this mountain and command it to be gone and it will pick up and move. God said that out of the mouth of the creator said that. But it is of no value to me until I step into faith and speak that word out of my mouth and walk, here's, here's the thing, when I speak it, 
I need to walk like it's done. When I speak it, I need to act like it's done. Why? Because that's what faith is. Faith is not speaking to something and sitting back waiting and watching to see if it's going to happen. Faith is saying it's already done. When I speak it, when it comes out of my mouth, the words of faith, it's already done, and I'm going to believe God that it is. God's word was manifested in Abraham's life because Abraham responded to what God had spoken by faith. Now, uh, there, there are words in Scripture, there are passages of Scripture in the Bible that are going to come to pass whether you and I believe it or not. All right? God's Word is going to come to pass whether I believe it or not. There are things in God's Word that's going to happen. I can, I can stand and not believe it and all that, but it's still going to happen. All right? Jesus, God's going to judge sin. I can believe it or not but he's going to judge sin. There's going to be a day that God's going to judge sin. Jesus is coming back the second time. Believe it or not, he's coming. If I don't believe it, that's me, but he's still going to come back, isn't he? Amen. All right, but, but there also much in God's word that, that God has said that if I will receive it by faith, it will happen, all right? So, I, let me say it like this. There, there's much in God's word, or let me say God's word for me is real, it is powerful, it is life-giving and life-changing if I accept it by faith and walk by faith in what God said. Listen, and go, you go on down in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, and it's still talking about Abraham. And it said this, that no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. There's a great key right there. And that's, that's coming out of the English Standard Version. But notice what that said. There wasn't any unbelief that caused Abraham to waver. There wasn't anything in Abraham's life that he allowed to come in that would cause him to waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. All right? So your faith is built up. The more you give God glory, the more you say, God, thank you, and the more that you honor God, the stronger your faith will get. Verse 21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. All right, because he didn't allow unbelief to come in. He didn't allow doubt to come in. All right, his faith grew stronger as he gave glory to God. All right, now, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Now, in these verses that we are talking about tonight in Mark, Jesus was, was calling his disciples. He was teaching and training his disciples on how to speak to mountains in faith. And he's also speaking to us tonight on how to speak to our mountains. But I want you to know, notice that what Jesus was saying is that I'm telling you how to look at something in the natural and by words that are filled with faith spoken supernaturally will affect the natural in your life. All right? Now, 
So this is a lesson for us on how to, to engage the mountain moving or moving the mountain through prayer, through prayer by using that authority that Jesus said we could have in the spiritual realm to affect the natural realm. All right. One of the reasons that we don't see our mountains move is because we see the mountain in the natural and we talk to it in the natural. All right. God wants us, to, listen, you're going to see things in the natural because that's why God's given you eyes and you see things in the natural. And there are things that you're fasting about during this time of fasting. And those are things that you're looking at them. You look at them every day. It might be a person that you look at every day. It might be a situation that you look at every day. But you see it with your eyes. Listen, but God doesn't want you to allow what you see with your eyes to kill your faith, to rob you of your faith, to rob you of your joy and of your peace. What Jesus was saying was, look at this mountain. It is, an, it is a mountain. It is an obstacle that is standing before you. But understand this, have faith in God that whatever you say out of your mouth and not doubt in your heart, it will happen. It will come to pass. So what's he's, what he's saying is, what you see in the natural and you speak faith-filled words out of your mouth will take place in the supernatural. The supernatural is what rules the natural. All right? Now, in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, Paul said this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or not of the flesh, but of the Spirit, or they have divine power, to destroy strongholds. Listen, what happens when we begin to fast is that we humble ourselves in the sight of God. Remember what Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, where Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. What, what happens when we begin to fast is we break out of that conformity to the, to, the, to the ways of the world, to the ways of the culture. All right? And as we break out of that, that conformity to the, to the system of the world by denying our flesh then what it does is it opens my spiritual man up to be fed because while I used to be doing things to, to pacify my flesh, I've stopped that now, and instead of pacifying my flesh, I am feeding my spirit. So what happens is the spirit man that has been down here and the flesh level that's been up here, they begin to, the flesh goes down, the spirit comes up. That transformation begins to take place in my spirit. And so then, guys, that's when you need to understand it is time, David, to engage Goliath. It's time to get out on the battlefield. It's time to begin to do warfare praying. Amen? I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed uh, this week just, just really doing warfare prayer. I pray for every one of y'all in here. I've spoke your name uh, in this week in prayer because I, I, I said, God, I want to wage war against the enemy and I want to wage war against the mountains that are, are have arisen in front of your people I, and and I and and as we begin to pray God I'm praying that you would pull down uh, the strongholds of distraction 
God pulled down the strongholds of apathy. God pulled down the strongholds of of all these things that pull us away uh, from what you want us to do, God. And Lord, help us this week uh, to declare victory in the spiritual realm. All right. And this is a great week. If, if, you, if you pray in the Spirit, man, you need, to, you need to double up as you fast, praying in the Spirit, praying for God to do a work. If you don't need to pray for yourself, pray for me. I'll take it. I'll take whatever you got, all right? But we need to, we need to pray. Listen, it's not, understand this, it is not what I say necessarily that moves the mountain, but it's what I believe that moves the mountain, all right? So if I say it with my mind out of gear, I'm just saying something, but if I say it with faith, then God is gonna move and the mountain is gonna move. Now, notice what he said uh, in verse 23 that you gotta say to the mountain, all right? You can't think it moved. You got to speak to the mountain because words have power and they especially have power when they're connected with faith in God. And so that's the reason Jesus said, you got to say to this mountain, listen, there comes a time if you want to fight warfare that you're going to have to be verbal about it. All right. You might not pray as loud as Pastor Don prays, You might not pray like I pray, but there comes a time when you have to say, God, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna believe, I don't care who's listening, I'm gonna speak it out loud, it's gonna be verbal. That's the reason that I believe that Jesus said, listen, because it's easy for me uh, to walk up to a mountain when when I'm around a crowd and all that and, and whisper it. Because really what I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I don't want you to hear me command this mountain to be removed because I'm not really sure if the mountain's gonna move, all right? So if you hear me uh, speak to the mountain and it don't move, then you're either gonna think, well, he's a lunatic or, or something else. And I believe that that's the reason that Jesus said you need to speak to the mountain. Sometimes you need to step out on a limb or you're not really stepping out on a limb. Sometimes you just need to step out because the reality is, guys, that Jesus said this. He said, have faith in God and then when he talked about speaking to the mountain, the second thing he said, and don't doubt it in your heart. The third thing, when you don't doubt it in your heart, you have faith in God, don't doubt it in your heart, but believe that what you say is gonna come to pass, it will happen. Three things, faith in God, get rid of the doubt, and believe that what you're saying is gonna come to pass. It then transfers out of your realm of ability into the the hands of God. Listen, when I do all that I can do and I obey the word of God by having faith in God, by walking out of the realm of doubt and just believe God, then it becomes God's responsibility. I'm not gonna hold my head down. I'm not gonna be depressed. I'm not gonna be condemned because it didn't happen, all right? I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna have faith, I'm not gonna doubt, I'm gonna believe, all right? Listen, because doubt, doubt is the kryptonite of faith, all right? Doubt is the killer of faith. Doubt will nullify and void Every word that I say of the word of God. 
Doubt will stop it. Doubt will shut it down. But when I believe, believing opens up the ability for God to, to work and move. So we understand that I've got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. All right? So I've got to have faith, and I've got to deal with this thing called doubt. And that's one of the pluses of denying myself, of humbling myself under the mighty hand of God, because I deal with that doubt factor in my life. When I humble myself before God, that doubt factor begins to fade away. All right? And I, and I thought it was kind of neat that, that faith is up here and, and Jesus said you can't doubt, but you got to believe. All right? Because that doubt will rob, and it robs so many people. It robs so many people of their miracle. So when we get all that, when we put all that together, it's very simple what Jesus was saying about the mountain, isn't it? All right, but here's the thing, this, the, the last thing that I want to talk about is the situations that we uh, can apply this passage of Scripture to, the situations that we can apply uh, this mountain-moving Scripture to. And, and I want you to notice this because Jesus said, uh, if, you, if you look in uh, verse 23, uh, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that whosoever says unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says shall come to pass, he shall have, now notice this, ver this word, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And then you go on down to verse 24. And Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, that word whatsoever in verse 23, and the statement in verse 24, What things soever you desire, uh, lets us know that whatever situation the mountain rises up with in our lives, whatever circumstance we are facing, Jesus said, whatever situation, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, that's not those two words. Jesus didn't put a barrier. He didn't put a boundary necessarily on those words. But we also understand that, that what Jesus, I believe, is referring to is those things that are in accordance to his will. All right? All right? So we have to... When, when we read the Word of God, we understand that there are things that the Word, the word of God presents uh, parameters and boundaries for us to operate in. All right? So when Jesus said that, that whatever you desire, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, it doesn't mean that I just go off and start spouting things out of my mouth. It means that I am sensitive to the heart of God and, and these situations. How many of you know that God is concerned about uh, your health? God is concerned about your happiness. God is concerned about your well-being. God is concerned about your material things. God's concerned about, uh, about your house. He's concerned about your vehicles. He's concerned about your family. He's concerned about your job. So he's concerned about those things. So what I've got to do is when I spend time in the Word of God, you know what? I don't have to jump up and say, I wonder if this is God's will. 
Because when I spend time in God's word and I commune with him, Holy Spirit, immediately. You know something that I've found over the years? As I would hear people say, well, you know, I don't really know if that's God's will. But one thing that I've discovered in my life, that when something poses itself, a situation uh, poses itself in front of me, and I, I, I speak about that, I pray, I say, God, what is this? So many times, I don't have to pray a week or two weeks. But when that situation rises up immediately, I know. It'll rise up. And I've heard people say, well, you know, I need to pray about this. And, and it's good to pray about it. But I've discovered that when something rises up, if my spirit is sharp and my spirit is keen and connected with God as it should be, immediately. Immediately I'll know. I'll meet people. I'll, I'll, I'll have people introduce themselves to me. And, and immediately. And I used to wonder, why did I feel like that when, when I met that dude? Why did I feel like that when, when that lady uh, spoke to me? I don't, I don't question that anymore. I, I, the way I do it now, God, I feel this, and I'm not going to move away from it until you show me something different. God, this is ugly, and I'm not going to call it pretty until you show me pretty. All right? Listen, God's desire is for us to know that, that this principle of prayer can be applied to every area of my life. And his desire for us is that when my faith and your faith is tested by a mountain, that we can respond in faith and through faith toward that mountain. All right? In James chapter 1, beginning with verse 2, and I'm going to close. James said this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Listen to this. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So just remember, when you're standing before your mountain and you've done all to do, you've done all to stand, and you stand there, and you speak those words of faith. Don't let doubt come in. Doesn't mean that doubt's not going to come knock on a door. But don't let it in. Speak the word of God. Declare the word of God. Walk in the victory. One of the things that fasting does is that fasting, when you do it effectively, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. How many of you in here tonight, you've been fasting and you feel that sense of accomplishment? You don't feel good? You like me? I, I, I was in town yesterday and everywhere I went, I could smell the smoke coming from Burger King. Did you? It's of the devil, I'm telling you. It's just of the devil. 
is everywhere. I was in Walmart, walking down the aisle of Walmart, and I smelled the smoke from Burger King. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but but when you when you when you've gone past that, whatever whatever you're fasting, you you've you've conquered it. You've you've gone a week and a half, and you've dealt with that. Don't it give you a sense of accomplishment? Don't it kind of make you feel like you could take hell on with a water pistol? All right? That's the reason I'm telling you tonight that this is the time that you need to pray. This is the time that you need to do warfare because you have the confidence of God on the inside because you feel like that you've been successful in defeating your worst enemy. And that is you. That is your flesh. All right? And it's in that time, that is when you need to pray. That is when you need to speak the word of God. That's what James was saying. He said, if you lack wisdom, and, and I think that can be applied if you lack whatever, you can ask God and ask in faith, believing uh, with no doubting. And he said, because the one that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. All right? So, here's the thing. I, I was praying today, and, and, I, and, and as I was praying, I was just speaking things out and and all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit just, just said, stop. In other words, shut up. Close your mouth. Quit talking. Don't say anything. And I heard the Spirit tell me, you need to write these things down. And so I just began to, to write some things down specifically that, that uh, I have been praying for uh, and praying things that I've been praying for others and I wrote them down and the Lord just, just spoke to me and he said now that's your mountains so now I want you to begin to speak to those mountains and I just begin to speak to those mountains I've been praying for my nieces and my nephews to be saved. I've been praying for uh, my brothers and sister uh, children and their grandchildren to be saved. And so I wrote those things down and I just began to speak, God, move these mountains in their lives. God, move these things, these obstacles. Because, because I believe so strongly about heritage, the heritage of the gospel. And, and as I begin to look at our family and I see that that, her, that gospel heritage is kind of easing away from areas. And, and so uh, the last meeting that I had with my brothers and, and my sister, that was one of the things that we talked about, that we, we said we need to really focus on the fact that we don't want the heritage that we've been given to die out. And so we've really been praying and seeking God on behalf of, of their children and, and, uh, and uh, that God would move and God would work and that this, the gospel heritage would, would, would be passed on to the next generation. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm so thankful tonight that... that uh, and I, and I have to just say this and brag, this just kind of putting a square peg in a round hole here, but, but I just gotta, I gotta say this and brag. Uh, the, other, the other night, uh, we, uh, Sunday night, I had to go to Monroe late and, and me and Judy was driving and the phone rang and it was Amber. And uh, Amber said, Dad, I just had to call you and tell you and uh, she said, I, I, she said, God is just so good. And I've really been praying with uh, uh, 
Amber and Ashley and Autumn about praying in the Spirit and and putting things in their hands that would teach them how to pray in the Spirit, how to, to use their language, their prayer language to pray and how that it would build them up. And we've been doing that for about three months or longer, four months. And Amber said, Dad, I was at church tonight and they had church Sunday night and she said, I was on the stage and with a worship team and she said, uh, we, we just kind of had a kind of a lull there and it just, everything just kind of stopped. And she said, um, the pastor was up front and, and, uh, and as he was praying, she said, and all of a sudden he just stopped and turned around and pointed at me and said, uh, Amber, you need to be bold. You need to step out and be bold. And she said, I looked at him and, and she said, because that, say that here, nobody think anything about it, but say it there, it was a little bit different. All right. And, and she said, so I looked at him and she said, really? He said, yes. And she said, Daddy, when he said that, I started singing and I started the psalmist anointing just began to come out of me. And she said, I, I went through that and she said, and then the prophetic just began to rise up in me. And she said, I just began to prophesy to people in the, in the, in the congregation. And just, she said, and I, 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 when I came to, I was off of the stage down uh, on the floor just prophesying and speaking the word of God into people's lives. That's, that makes a daddy proud, all right? But listen, that is, that is heritage of the gospel that's been passed down. Did I have anything to do with it? I don't see what I did, anything, all right? But it's just the blessing of God. And so those are one of the things that we've been praying in my family. God, stir up that in our nieces and nephews, that they would have a, a, an awakening in their spirit. Because it's extremely important, guys. I was talking with a pastor friend yesterday, and he said, you know something, uh, pastor? He said, one of the things that we're seeing in this culture today because we were talking about grandmothers and grandfathers having to raise grandchildren. And he said, one of the things that, that we're seeing in this culture today is, is the, the standards of grandmother and grandfather are dying out. And this, gen, these, this generation that's coming up is coming up out from under the standards of a grandmother or a grandfather that had a relationship with Christ. Guys, we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to believe God. And if there's ever been a time that you need to identify mountains, listen, there's mountains in this community that desperately need to be moved. There are mountains in, this, in our city in Atmore that need to be broken down. And I believe that God's, I believe, listen, I believe that God's gonna use us to break some of those mountains down. And it's going to require us getting outside of the four walls of this church. But I believe he's calling us tonight saying, have faith, don't doubt, believe, and whatever you say, I will back it up. Amen? Would you stand with me, please?